Welcome to the Studying Abroad in the Global South podcast, hosted by Amity's Education Abroad. Here we provide a space for students and colleagues to discuss and reflect on their experiences in the Middle East and North Africa. This episode features Laura, an Amity's Education Abroad student in Amman, Jordan, as she discusses her experience as a STEM major studying in the MENA. Hello, everybody. My name is Laura, and I'm one of the students on the Amid East Jordan Spring Semester Abroad Program. And I'm excited to do my very first ever podcast um, to talk to you guys a little bit about the topic of studying in the MENA region when you are a STEM student and don't have a major that's more typical of students that study in the STEM in the MENA region like, for example, history major or international relations or Arabic major. Um, I, I wanted to do something a little bit different from a traditional blog post today, just so that you guys could hear my voice. And I feel like it's a little bit more personal. I get to express myself a little bit better when talking about my experience as a STEM student and trying to do something that doesn't really go with my major. So let me give a little bit of background about me. Once again, you may have read about me a bit in my original um, blog. I am a a math major at my college, the University of Southern California. I am also pre-med, so I am studying to hopefully be a doctor and go to medical school after I finish my bachelor's degree. And I'm studying abroad this semester, and I'm actually hoping to do another semester abroad, not in the MENA region, but hopefully um, in Europe. And I'm studying abroad because I'm originally Lebanese, and I really wanted to get really practice my Arabic, really experience Arab culture um, from you know, directly immersed in the culture, which is something I haven't experienced before because I have grown up my entire life in America. And so now that that's about me, I want to tell you the first thing about studying abroad in the men region as a STEM student is that it is possible. And let's get into why it is and and all the things you might have to think about and consider if that's if you're in the same boat as I am. So the first thing is I call it the trap of the whether or not decision. And I learned this from my mom. So I really wanted to share this. When you frame things as whether or not, for example, the main question of this program, uh, this uh, session would be, should I study abroad or not? Right. Should I study abroad in um, Jordan or not. When you frame questions as a whether or not decision, you are limiting yourself. And that's why I call it a trap. Well, I don't call it a trap. I learned it from my mom. But you're calling it a trap because you're limiting yourself to two options. You're doing it or you're not doing it. And you're not really widening your scope to realize that there really are so many other options besides just Jordan or not. For example, Maybe you maybe a spring semester or a fall semester in Jordan just doesn't work with your college. It doesn't work with your schedule. Maybe you could take your own vacation in the summer to Jordan. That's a possibility. You could take a semester off of your college and do a separate program um, that does it with Jordan. Um, you don't even have to do Jordan. You could do another country in the Middle East. You could do um, these maybe some. Sorry, I apologize for my stuttering first time. You could do 
some different programs, maybe some I know some colleges do like three week or one month study abroad programs um, with like professors in different countries. You could try something like that. There are volunteer opportunities that you can do in the Middle East and you can apply for them. And some of them are paid for, some of them aren't. You could do a summer internship. You can do a something like a Fulbright um, scholarship in the Middle East and do it for a full year. It doesn't have to be study abroad with your college. So that's something to really keep in mind. Don't limit yourself to just the typical study abroad experience. Ahmed East also has summer opportunities, right? So it doesn't even have to be Ahmed East. It's all about um, really not trapping yourself to, okay, this specific program or not if it's it's all or nothing no there's there's a thousand opportunities out there you know waiting for you that can fit what's best for you what's best for your schedule you just need to go and find them so that's the first thing I really want to talk about that I feel people get um, a little too caught up in second thing is you really need to sit and think about how important study abroad is for you you need to consider your priority so that's a second topic is prioritizing a lot of students especially stem you know they're really and every every single um major is ambitious and i feel that stem students particularly take on a lot of different things because they have a lot of um, things they want to do for example they might be doing research and they're also doing you know extracurriculars and they're doing this and they're you know the president of this and they're you know also going home to their family sometimes on the weekend and helping them out so you have a lot of different things likely going on in your life and even if you're not doing all of that you need to realize that studying abroad can, you know, take away from a lot of the things that you're currently doing and it may not be, you know, what's best for you. So you really need to consider how much do you really want to study abroad? Is it something you really want to do? If so, you need to dedicate yourself to it and I'll tell you the steps of getting there. And if you realize, no, you know, I'm not really somebody who needs to study abroad or feels like I want to, maybe I just kind of like the idea, but I didn't really consider how it would affect, you know, my plans and, and the kind of person I am. Maybe I'm somebody who really likes to be at home and maybe I would, would really hate, uh, you know, a study abroad experience. So really consider who you are and, and how to study abroad fit in your plans. Is it something you're dead set on and something you know that I really want to do this because of this reason and this reason and this reason? Or is it something you just like the idea of and you're not sure if you're really willing to put in the effort and, and the what's needed to, to study abroad. So that's the second thing. The third thing is how to study abroad as a STEM student, given that especially we're talking mainly about a study abroad opportunity that doesn't really pertain to your major, like studying in the MENA region or studying a language mainly doing a language program, because these programs, you won't be taking STEM courses, math, engineering uh, physics, biology, in these uh, programs, you'll be taking languages like Arabic. And so the main, main, main contributor to success in doing these programs and, you know, feeling like you're not really taking away is planning, plan, 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 plan. What do I mean by that? It depends where you are in your journey. If you're currently a high school student, right, you can, you can still be studying not studying, I apologize, planning right then and there. I remember when I was a high school student, right when I, I looked into colleges, you should look into colleges that um, 
have great study abroad programs. If study abroad is something you really want to do and you want to do it with your college, then you need to find a college that fits those interests, right? You want to be finding colleges that fit who you are and the things you want to do. And so USC, the University of Southern California, when I applied, I knew that it was one of the colleges I wanted to go to because it had such um, a variety of programs, especially some in the Middle East. The second thing, if you're a high school student, you can take a lot of AP classes or classes or college classes. You can do dual enrollment. Uh, not every student has this opportunity, I understand. But if you do, and you can do college courses at the same time as your um, high school courses or take AP classes, and you're need to also make sure you're applying to colleges that take that credit because when you study abroad right you're taking us you're kind of semester off of the courses that you need to take right so when you take ap classes or you take um college classes for credit you want to make sure that you're applying to a college and get into a college of course inshallah right and if god's willing this um, idea of hopefully in the um, arabic language that um, you get into that college, they will accept all those credits. And that kind of frees you up, that frees you up a lot of credits to take that semester abroad or to um, have that space to do something that isn't necessarily um, for major credit, but rather for elective credit. Because for example, for me, this entire semester, all of these credits will be transferred as elective credit. And although USC has a lot, a lot, a lot of general education requirements, I think it's around 12 to 15 classes. I was able to remove about 10 of them. Yes, 10 of those classes I don't need to take because of AP classes and other, uh, yeah, because of AP classes and taking a language beforehand and stuff like that. And so because of that, those 10 classes of space I freed up, I was able to study abroad, right? So, so these are things to think about. And the last thing, if you're currently a high school student, um, is to think about is to start taking language classes. Um, you can, like I said, maybe outside of high school, maybe with a college course of the language that you want to study abroad with. That way you can study abroad earlier and don't need to take the those classes in college. You don't need to study the language in college and then study abroad. You can have that language ability in your already on your um, back and then you can go straight into college and then the first available semester to study abroad usually sophomore year you can you can take that opportunity okay let's say that now let's talk about the people who are already in college or have just been recently accepted so whether you've been recently accepted or maybe you're even a junior right the thing you need to do is plan 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 if possible i would recommend that you make your own four-year plan or if you're a junior then for example your two-year plan your current year and the year that's coming up but the earlier you can the better and i'm very serious even if you're even right before you enter your freshman year, if you can build this plan, this plan is going to carry you and almost ensure that you are able to study abroad. So what does this mean? So when I was a freshman or even before um, I got, I was accepted into USC, but before I was able to get in um, and actually go on campus, I looked up my major. I looked up all the courses that I would need to complete. I looked up all the general education requirements Right. It's just a lot of research, but it's really some quick Google searches, depending on how readily available this information is for your college. I created my based on all the classes I needed to take and I just put them 
in a four-year calendar of freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. And I saw, okay, what's available? What's left? How do I have space left in my calendar, in my four-year plan, right? If I need to take, for example, 16 courses for my major, and I need to take 10 courses of general education requirements, that's 26 courses. I would schedule, I would plot them in each semester because there's eight semesters. Everybody, of course, has a different plan, but usually the average is eight semesters. I'd plot those in, right? Eight semesters, 32 classes. Let's see. Yes. Can I do math as a math major? Eight times four, 32. 32 classes. Let's say that's 26 classes. So that gives me a total space of 32 minus 26. Can I do the math? Yes. Six classes, right? That's about a semester and a half free. So that kind of allowed me to study abroad, which is not necessarily true because I because I'm pre-med, I have to add a lot of pre-med courses in there. So I don't um, necess that's, I was just giving an example, but, um, something like that, right? So once you, once you have that plan and let's say you do your plan and you realize you have no extra space, right? Then that's the time to start picking and choosing and playing around. Can you take a couple courses over the summer maybe, right? Can I take a heavier load one semester if it means that, you know, I have a semester free to study abroad, Right. And remember, I'm just talking about study abroad opportunities that you don't get any major credit for because you're a STEM major like language programs. There are study abroad opportunities for STEM majors, right, that you can get major credit. So it won't really be as difficult. But the focus of this podcast is, of course, about language learning and in the middle, especially specifically in the Middle East, but not necessarily. And um, that means, you know, planning, planning, planning ahead. So even as I was a freshman, right, before I even entered USC and I took a foot on campus, I had my whole schedule planned out from freshman year to senior year, what classes I would be taking and when, which semesters, and which semesters I would be free and when I would be able to study abroad. I met with um, study abroad advisors every semester to ask, does this and my regular major um, advisor, my math, my math advisor, and my pre-health advisor, and my study abroad. So I have three advisors: my major advisor, which is math, my study abroad advisor, and my um, pre-health advisor, since I'm pre-med. And so I would have to go over with them, you know, every semester. Is my plan still working? This, is this okay? How does this conflict with my goals? How is this in line with my goals? What are the things I need to change? What are the things I didn't consider because I'm not an advisor and I don't have that experience? And maybe they'll tell me, oh, you put this class here, but that doesn't work because this class can only be taken in the fall. Or maybe they'll tell you, you know, you put the semester during a time where, you know, medical school you know, you need to really focus on applications. That's probably not a good semester to study abroad. Or maybe they'll say something like that. So it's really, really, really important. My biggest advice for you is make that plan and talk to your advisors as many times as you need to and tell them, hey, you know, this is my name. I'm really passionate about studying, you know, Arabic in the Middle East or Chinese in China, or I'm really, you know, passionate about studying Spanish in Mexico in or in one of these programs and how can I do that you know this is these are my classes and you know usually advisors also have the classes already right but you know 
this is what I'm thinking. These are some possibilities. What do you think? And, and how can I, I want to get there. Please help me get there. And that really is the road to success. It's planning as soon as you can. And as, you know, as fast as you can. Let's say, you know, you're a junior, like I said before. It's still, it's going to be a lot, lot, lot more difficult. And maybe even, you know, you might even have to take, you know, an extra semester of college if, if you're already that, you know, late. And so that's why I say planning, planning, planning early as possible will give you the most success and give you the, the least inconvenience. Now, just because you're a junior doesn't mean it's impossible. We have somebody on this program who's studying abroad as a senior, right? Um, I would suggest same thing. Plan, 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 plan. Meet, meet, meet. Revise, revise, revise. That's also another big part of this plan is, you know, every semester, maybe even every half a semester, maybe you realize something you didn't know before and you're constantly revising your plan. But the main goal is there. I want to study abroad and I want to get there. And so talk to your advisor, make a plan and see what your options are and don't limit yourself. Remember from the beginning of this podcast, I told you that if studying abroad doesn't fit your plan, there's always so many more opportunities besides the traditional route. And, um, Maybe even consider, you know, creating a few backup plans or maybe taking an extra year of college, right? Think about how, that's why I said before, think about how important studying abroad is for you. And is it is it worth, you know, putting in a lot of effort and work to make it happen, right? So some of the things you can do, as I said before, taking summer classes, taking a heavier load. Last semester, I took five classes instead of four. I honestly wouldn't recommend it. It's a lot of stress. It just depends on the kind of person you are. Um... And maybe, you know, taking an extra semester or year in college. And once I said, and the main the main point of all of this is the earlier you, you plan, the more likely you are to study abroad and the more likely you are to study abroad in a way that really fits your schedule and inconveniences you as least as possible, right? My last uh, piece of advice is to study abroad as early as possible, right? When the language is fresh and your will is high. What does that mean? If you study the language before you got to college, right? Um, then, you know, you want to study abroad before you lose those skills. If you're taking it, taking the language at the university currently, then you want to take it straight out of the class. Not only that, but you also want to take it earlier because I feel that, you know, the more you push it off, okay, you know what, maybe let's say your original plan was to have it, do it in sophomore year. Then you pushed it to junior year. Then you push it to senior year. The more you push it off, the less likely you are to do it at the end of the day. Maybe you'll say, you know, it just didn't work out. You don't want that to happen, right? That's why I told you at the beginning, think about it. How important is study abroad to you? Don't push it off. Don't, maybe it doesn't work sophomore year. You're like, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll push it off to junior year. Oh, I'll push it off to senior year. Try to do it sophomore year. Try to do it junior year. Try to do it as early as possible and get it done with. That way you did it, right? And you can't keep pushing it off and you can't cancel it. You don't want it at the end of the day to say, you know, oh, I wish I, I almost studied abroad, but then, you know, it didn't work out. You don't want to regret and you don't want to say that. And the way to not say that is to study abroad as soon as you can. The first semester you're able to right or with, with as I said before whatever fits your schedule but if you can do it and you can get it done right that's the best thing possible okay now I kind of want to talk a bit about um, the pros and cons of studying abroad in MENA as a STEM student so the first con of studying abroad in the MENA or in any language program as a STEM student is that you likely won't get any major credit for doing so right so 
that's kind of a lot of people don't like that. You know, it feels like a waste of a semester. You're you're only getting elective credit and maybe it's elective credit that you don't need. But I want to tell you that in my in my experience, not getting major credit can actually be a really big positive, a really big pro um actually instead of a con and the reason for that is you have so much flexibility here a lot of students when they take you know language programs whether they're major let's say in history or in language they have to take certain classes that give them that major credit but you don't have to worry about that this is not your major you can take whatever classes you want right if you want to take a class on art let's say they have five different classes one on art one on political relations one on um, community learning, right? I'm giving examples from the Ahmed East program. Maybe if you if you were a Arabic major, you'd be forced to take maybe the history class because you need it for your credit requirements. Me, for example, as a math major, it doesn't really matter what classes I take because at the end of the day, it's coming back as elective credit. So I was really excited because I was able to take the classes that I really wanted, that made me happy and that made me you know, interested and excited to learn. And I would also recommend taking less classes if possible, right? Or taking the classes with the least amount of work and the least amount, um, I'm taking less classes if possible. For example, you know, this um, program requires four. I was able to take three because it's not, you know, for my major credit and because I'm trying to save credits for um, the university. And so, you know, I was able to enjoy my experience in Haman, I feel, so much more because I didn't have that much work. Because I was able to take less classes and the classes I took were classes I enjoyed and classes with not that much work. Okay. And um, the second thing is there's a lot less stress with um, whatever grades and classes you take because it doesn't really matter for your major anyway. You're able to en really enjoy your experience and in the classes you take because they don't really count for your major. A lot of them will probably come back as pass, no pass, credit, no credit, um, just an elective, right? So it doesn't really matter um, at the end of the day um, for your major, maybe not even for your GPA. So it's something to just really take that semester to enjoy and not worry about doing labs and doing, you know, STEM. Just be yourself and, and do the things that you want to do. The second thing, the second con of studying abroad in the MENA region uh, or any language program as a STEM student is feeling like you're wasting a semester, right, from STEM. You're feeling like you're falling behind your peers who may now be a whole semester ahead of you by the time you return. That's another con. Well, I want to tell you that I don't think you should see it that way. I think you should be seeing it as a once in a lifetime opportunity that will really shape and mold your personality instead of a waste of a semester of work. See it as a, you know, a full semester of lifetime experience, of being on your own, of being independent, of getting to learn a new culture. This is something that is way more valuable in my experience than being on the same level of maybe being one semester behind your peers. It's not that big of a deal. And the last thing I would say a con of studying abroad in the MENA region is feeling like you're losing opportunities to be doing other things. For example, me as a pre-med student, I need to be shadowing and volunteering and doing leadership opportunities, uh, all of these things which I can't do abroad. So it feels like, you know, 
these are I'm losing out on these opportunities I need to be doing. But at the same time, I need to understand that there are new opportunities on my horizon abroad, right? I'm doing things I could have never otherwise done in America. And that's something to really, to really value. The next topic um, I wanted to talk about is ways that studying abroad will help your future. And one of those things is, let's, let's talk a little bit about that, is language skills, especially if you're doing a language program. Language skills, skills are always, always, always important. They're a good resume builder, um, especially depending on where you want to get into. Now for STEM, usually Spanish is the biggest one, but don't, don't, you know, underestimate the importance of learning other languages and how that really helps you communicate with a wide variety of people. And even if it's just for, you know, personal reasons, language skills can really help you develop who you are and, and understand different cultures from a different perspective. It also, studying abroad really shows that helps you build independence, being away from home. For many people, studying abroad is the longest time people have ever been away from their parents besides college. So um, I really recommend that. Um, another way it helps you with your future. I think people grow a lot during their journey abroad um, in terms of inclusivity, diversity, open-minded, and realizing that there's really more um, be outside of the country you grew up in. There's people all, we always grow up hearing that there's people outside of the world. There's people everywhere, but we don't really um, see it face to face. So when you go abroad and you start seeing all the people you've heard about, you know, in the news, sometimes you realize, wow, the news was wrong. The news, you know, made stereotypes about these people. But when I see these people, when I see this country, it's a completely different country. And I think that's something that really opens your mind to the fact that in any kind of work that you do, you need to be aware of, especially in America, that is a really mixing pot of a lot of different cultures, that people come from different places and, and, and really people aren't the same. And you need to treat everybody with respect and you need to realize that, you know, people come, you know, trying to phrase this in an interesting way, that's, you know, you need to treat people equally regardless of where they're from and and understand that because of these differences they make us unique but they don't make anybody superior or um inferior than another right and the last thing i think this will help your future is it kind of demonstrates a sense of uniqueness like you did something that was out of the books you did something that you know a stem major typically doesn't do and i think it piques people's interests a little bit especially you know if you're applying for medical school or something like that then it'd be like oh she studied abroad in the mena region that's interesting maybe we could talk a little bit more to her about that during the interview or maybe if you put it on your cv oh maybe this person you know has a interest or they went abroad and did something that was you know out of the norm and I really that's something that makes people think of you in a different light and I think in a good way like you did something out of the box and they want to know more about you because of that and the last thing I wanted to get into to finally end this podcast and I hope I helped you guys out I hope I um, taught you guys something about how to really study abroad given your credit requirements some things that you could do um, it is my first time doing a podcast like this, but I, I hope that it was helpful. The last thing I wanted to say is that I think that really changed, you know, how I thought about a lot of things was when talking about ways this will help your future. I did talk a lot about how it will help your future from a like career standpoint. But I think one of the reasons why I studied abroad and one of the things I think STEM majors need to really get inside their head 
is sometimes it's time to ignore your resume and just be you for one second. And that's because I think we live our entire lives trying to be good resumes, especially all throughout high school. We're doing extracurriculars, we're doing activities just to get into college, right? We And then in college, we're doing a lot of extracurriculars and activities and clubs because we're trying to be a good resume again for something else we're applying to. And it's the same cycle over and over and over again, where we stop doing things that make us happy and we do things that make us a, a look good on a piece of paper. And that gets tiring, it gets boring, and it makes people burn out. And that's why I'm here to tell you, sometimes you don't even need to think about the ways this will help your, help your future from a career standpoint. Maybe it's time to stop thinking about what more can I do to stand out? What more can I do to be, you know, to look good to future careers or future opportunities? And start thinking about what can I do that makes me happy? What can I do to develop myself? What are my hobbies? What are things that I love? What can I do that has absolutely nothing to do with the future? Nothing to do, you know, that in a quote unquote productive sense and just do things for me, when, when was the last time you did something for yourself? And that's why I'd encourage you, if you want to study abroad and, you know, you really, people are telling you, you know, why? What does it have to do with your major? The thing is, what is it? Why does it have to do anything with your major? Why does it have to do anything with your career? Why can't it just be something that you want to do? Right. And I also really like this quote that I heard um, a long time ago, which was, why is it a waste of time if it's something I want to do? And of course, you know, there are things that are wastes of time, right? But from, from, a, from a really, you know, certain standpoint, of course, if it's something you want to do, it's really not a waste of time. It doesn't need to help your resume. It just needs to make you happy and, and make you do something that helps you not burn out and makes you feel like, you know, you're really living your life and, and enjoying your youth. Because I'm telling you something right now, you will always be working in the future. The second you get your job, there's no more say goodbye to summer vacations, right? Say goodbye to, you know, all those breaks you enjoy during school. You're going to be working your entire life from now until retirement. And maybe we don't even know how long they're pushing the retirement age. So I'm encouraging you today to really enjoy your, your youth and do the things and do two kinds of things and try to focus on these two things. The first is do things you'll never be able to do once you really get a job. Once you get a job, you're getting three weeks of vacation a year, maybe, depending on the job you get, and you won't really be able to enjoy your freedom. You'll have a lot of responsibilities. You'll have bills to pay, right? Do the things like sitting abroad that you won't be able to do. It's now or never. Number two, well, it's not really now or never, but you know, kind of, kind of for a bit. Number two, do things that push you out of your comfort zone. Do things that make you grow as a per person and widen your scope of view, like sitting abroad. Don't keep yourself under the things that, you know, keep you the same. Push yourself into experiences that are scary because once you get through them, you'll realize things about yourself that you didn't know before and you'll become a more well-rounded person, a more mature person and somebody who is ready to take, to tackle um, problems in the future. And that way, once you get that job in the future, you can get it and do it and be happy in it knowing that you know, I did the things I wanted to do before I got here. And I didn't use my entire youth just to get to this point, just to work more. And so that's something I want to leave you guys off on that note today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And I hope that this helped you as a STEM student, help you decide if you want to study abroad and how to do that. 
in the future. Thank you for listening to this episode of Studying Abroad in the Global South. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the individual speaking and do not reflect or represent the views or opinions of Amadeist or any of its affiliates. To hear more episodes, you can visit amadeistatabroad.org or subscribe to our channels on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and more. Tune in next time for something clever, snarky, or hopefully useful.